Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. Give us ears to hear your truth, and eyes to see the needs around us as we draw close to you. May we thirst for the water that your love brings us. Open our hearts, change us from within by the open word. We see headlines and we wonder, wow, that is so vicious and so vile. How in the world can people really live and, and commit those kinds of things? It, it doesn't take long for us to, to, to see and to understand that currently we are surrounded by a godless culture that's growing more and more depraved as the days go by. Well, beloved, let me assure you, darkness loses, guaranteed, guaranteed. It's easy to lose heart when you watch the news or scan over your Facebook feed. Acts of violence and terror prevail in our world. Just about every other headline describes a new atrocity committed for reasons ranging from religious zeal to mental illness. We may feel a sense of hopelessness in the face of such complete ungodliness, but in today's message, Pastor David reminds us that we do have hope. The darkness spreading its grip over our world will not hold on forever. Jesus Christ has already won and His light will prevail. Now here's Pastor David with today's message entitled, Darkness Loses. Well, we are back into our study of Luke. We've been going through the book of Luke, uh, Luke's uh, uh, gospel record. We are in chapter 21 as we go uh, chapter by chapter, verse by verse through the gospel according to Luke. If you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 21. Then if you've got a piece of paper or something, put it there because we're not going to get there for a while, okay? That's, that, that is where we're heading though, so I just wanted to give you the, the encouragement of that. The title of this morning's message, and I wanted to give this to you because I, I want you to start tracking with me very early on. The title of this morning's message is Darkness Loses Guaranteed. Darkness Loses Guaranteed, okay? And that's where we're going. And it, it doesn't seem at times like darkness is losing, does it? At times, it seems like darkness is winning. It seems like evil and, and wickedness is, is winning in the world. And again, that's why you and I need to continually go back to the Word and see what the Word of God is speaking. We need to be founded in that truth. Are you ever amazed by the absolute wickedness that permeates the world around us? We see headlines and we wonder, wow, that is so vicious and so vile. How in the world can people really live and, and commit those kinds of things? It, it doesn't take long for us to, to, to see and to understand that currently we are surrounded by a godless culture that's growing more and more depraved as the days go by. Well, beloved, let me assure you, darkness loses, 
Guaranteed. Guaranteed. We see the results of these godless actions. We, we see it almost on a continual basis. Some of the news broadcasters brought it out about that video that was displayed where this woman took a video of four men savagely beating and torturing a mentally disabled young man, taking, kidnapping him from his neighborhood, bringing him to their neighborhood, and doing all kinds of vicious things, cutting him, all kinds of uh, uh, slander and, 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 and words against him and all, you need to understand that, that for them it was like uh, uh, it was a, a declaration maybe of the difference of ethnicity uh, maybe his political leanings, all of this, but this isn't the first time that we've heard of these kinds of atrocities and we, and we all need to understand it definitely is not unique to one ethnic group over another ethnic group. It's, it's across the board. We cannot suddenly say, well, this group is worse than this group. No, I believe that, again, godlessness in any culture and in any people brings about wickedness. But we also see that in that, that wasn't any kind of a political statement. That wasn't even a, a statement of, of prejudice or, or, or hatred of a people group. It is acts that are pure evil and it flows through a godless people. Whenever people push God out of their lives, they're susceptible to these kinds of things. We saw it there in Florida when 26-year-old Esteban Santiago, after he got off the plane from Canada there in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, pulls out of his baggage a firearm, loads it, and begins shooting people there at the baggage area. Five people killed, eight people wounded. This savagery, this, this, this brutalness that's going on. No motive has been spoken of yet or understood yet. It all seems to just be a part of random godliness and the wickedness that prevails in a society that pushes God out. We've seen it in the continual mass genocide taking place in, 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 in countries such as Syria and Iraq as ISIS and other forces come and try to take control over a region. But you need to understand very quickly, this is not a religious war, neither is it a land grab. This is godlessness just running rampant. All too many years now, we continue to see it on the streets of America and literally throughout the world as individuals and groups commit these cowardly acts of terrorism against both young and old, children and adults, black and white, Jew and Christian, even Muslim and Buddhist, atheist, all for no other true reason than the godlessness driving their hearts deeper and deeper into the darkness of evil. And today we see this mass chaos, this lawlessness, this, this total anarchy happening in, in almost every country in the world. Undeveloped countries like Africa, where it's all too common to see a, a 12 to a 14-year-old young boy carrying a fully loaded, fully automatic AK-47 and a machete, ready to take a life when his leader says, take that one's life. Not even thinking about it, I'm following my leader, I take a life because life doesn't mean anything, and more than likely that leader at one point in time was a 12 or a 14-year-old that followed the same directions from those that were leading him. All of this because from a very young age they've been trained in godlessness with the promise of some kind of a reward, 
but at least this camaraderie of the rest of the thugs, the rest of the evil that's within that group. We see in many countries in the Middle East where young children are, are they're, they're, they're trained to hate certain people groups at the earliest of ages. Again, trained and taught to hate a people just because of who they are, because of, again, the, the, the ethnicity, because of the, the religion or whatever it is. At the earliest age, taught hate. Children taught to hate. But then again, we see the same kind of thing happening in areas and regions and neighborhoods within our own country. Some of the areas and regions in our country Children are taught to hate a, per, a particular people group from a young age. And so that just builds. It is godliness. It is not for the honor and the glory of God. Life doesn't matter to these that, again, take these lives because in these kinds of neighborhoods where, where again, even the police don't go in unless they have backup. And in some neighborhoods in our own country, the police don't even go. They've just given it over because in these neighborhoods, no life matters. Whether it be black or blue or white or brown, no life matters. And it doesn't matter because there's no foundation in these people's lives. Wickedness prevails where God is continually pushed away. And I could go on and on with random attacks on the police, the politicians, churches, theaters, nightclubs, all of it could go on and on. And in the midst of it all, we search for answers, we search for reasons, we search for political or religious agendas that may be taking place at that point in time. We, we think of them sometimes as crimes of prejudice or hatred, and, and undoubtedly they are, but there's still an underlying factor in there that too often we dismiss. Sometimes we even consider these just to be uh, random acts of violence. You ever thought of just that saying? It was just a random act of violence. Where did we get to that point in humanity where we just decided it's a random act of violence? I'm going to destroy somebody's life or their well-being or their, their property or some foolishness. I believe, and some of you know that I'm not really a conspiracy theorist, but I do believe it is a conspiracy. I believe it's a plan. It's a plan by the evil one, by Satan himself, that again is, is driving this world closer into that age of complete wicked chaos, evil lawlessness, anarchy, and hedonism, leading us all to, to the end of the age and to the final judgment. I don't want to paint too dark of a picture. I know I've done a pretty good job of that so far. <laughs> I simply want us to get a good grasp on the extremity of evil that's found all throughout the world. Yes, in our nation and in literally every nation of the world right now. Places where righteousness is no longer being taught from one generation to another. A place where man becomes his own god. A place where there, there's no immediate consequences for evil. I look at our justice system, and I know that our courts are uh, just vastly overcrowded, but when somebody commits a heinous crime and they're not put on trial or face the actual fullness of the judgment of their acts for, for years and sometimes decades later, 
that, that, that messes with the psyche. There's, there's no results. Just as when we raise our children, uh, okay, I'll get, in, I'll, I'll get into your life a little bit here. When we raise our children and we say, stop that, stop that, stop that or I'm going to have to do something, stop that, or, and over and over and over, I'm sorry, but you know what? Once or twice ought to be enough, okay? And then there ought to be some immediate consequences. If you want to send them to the naughty step, that's okay. You know, you, you do what you need to do. Uh, I did pretty good with a swat on the bottom. It got my attention pretty well. But let me move on. Let me get out of your personal business and get back into this. Places in our, in, our, in our world where there is no fear of God, either in this life or in the next. And we can try to push all the news away. We can attempt to close our eyes to all the injustices that we, uh, that we hear and see. We can try to stop our ears to the sounds of all the suffering and the inhumanity all around us. And we can hope that it all just goes away. Maybe I can just pull the covers over my head and it'll all just go away. Maybe I can stick my head in the sand and it'll all go away. But beloved, when we do that, we become a part of the problem rather than a solution. So by now you might be saying, so pastor, what's the solution? Where, where's the hope? Where are we going with this? Well, let me take you to a place here. Ecclesiastes, King Solomon wisest man in the world. Great words of wisdom that Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 12 and 13. If you're quick, you can go there, uh, but I'm going to move on. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, verse 12 and 13. Solomon writes, though a sinner does evil a hundred times and his days are prolonged, yet I surely know that it will be well for those who fear God, who fear before him. But it will not be well with the wicked, nor will he prolong his days, which are as a shadow, because he does not fear before God. I don't know about you, but I sometimes wonder. My, my, my brain works this way. I see a young child of 8 or 10 years old that has, that has a cancer or some life-threatening disease, and it breaks my heart because this young child will never see adulthood. And I see an adult who has done wickedness and wickedness and wickedness all of his life, and he lives on into his senior years and never, ever facing any kind of immediate consequence for his sin. And I, and I think, oh, that's, that's just not fair until I realize once again what the Word of God says. Our lives are but a breath. They're, they're here and gone. And in the truth of eternity, 10 years is, 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 is no difference than 90 years. The fact is, is that one who has lived wicked all of their lives will stand before God. The Word of God promises it. It is guaranteed darkness loses. You see, church, even in the midst of darkness, there's always been a strong light that shines through. It's a light that no level and no work of darkness can completely quench. Why? Because God is in control. Sometimes we look and say, man, how could God be in control with all this chaos? Trust me, God is in control. 
We've seen his hand, we've seen his work throughout all the time of creation. We can trust him and there will be justice in that great courtroom of eternity and all those that disregard the light and have no fear of God nor honor his name will face the eternal consequences and the wrath of that great and holy judge of all nations. That's a guarantee. Since the creation of man in the Garden of Eden, that, that, that disobedience of, of Adam and Eve, their first fall, and then with the birth of their first son, Cain, and in the relationship of Cain uh, and his, his jealousy toward his brother Abel, and that jealousy allowed to rage and continue to grow in his heart until he finally takes his brother's life, his own blood brother's life. The first murder of all creation happening right at the beginning. Instead of being his brother's keeper, he becomes his brother's murderer. And so sin began to have its evil way throughout all of mankind. And this great darkness moved quickly throughout the heart of all humanity. Such great darkness that there came a time that God said, no, enough, enough, enough. Turn with me if you would. Remember, keep your place in Luke 21. But turn to Genesis chapter 6 if you would. Genesis chapter 6. We're not going to go through the whole thing, but I do want to bring some highlights. You know the area here that we're speaking of, the area of, of Noah and his family and the great flood and the wickedness of the world at that point in time. That's what I want you to look at real quick. In Genesis chapter 6, it was in the midst of, of, of a darkness, a darkness so deep that even the Lord God who created mankind declared, look what it says in verse 5 of chapter 6 in Genesis God declared that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, look at those words that he uses. Every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. That's pretty dark. That's a covering that Hopefully none of us have, have had to experience, but the reality and the truth of that, we see that in the world today. We see that happening all around us, and yes, sometimes even within our quaint small town of Casa Grande, we see the hearts of men going that way. We see down in verse 11, again, that it says that the earth, at that point in time with Noah, that the earth was filled with violence. We look at the world today and we think, man, we're pretty full of violence. Can you imagine it getting to this point here? In verse 12, it says, and indeed it was corrupt. The world was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. What a vile place it had to be. And I don't think you and I can even imagine it unless we were to go to a place like the Sudan and some of the other places in Africa where it's absolute wickedness and violence and, and anarchy and, and life means nothing unless you and I were able to go into some of the neighborhoods of our own country, some of the streets and the slums of our own country and see just the overwhelming darkness that's there. You wonder, how can these children even begin to have a chance of righteousness? Because darkness is so overwhelming. But even in the midst of so much darkness, in the midst of the impending judgment that God is going to bring on the earth here in Genesis 6, there was a light that was shining. 
in the midst of that total darkness, that total chaos that was going on, there was still hope. It's here that we see one man in verse 8. In verse 8, we read that that one man by the name of Noah, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. One version says Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. Found grace or favor in the eyes of the Lord. Why Noah? Why, why this one man amongst all the population of the earth? The, the, the book of Genesis tells us very clearly, very, very plainly in verse 9. It says, why? Because Noah was a just man. He was perfect in his generation. He walked with God. You see, in the midst of all that darkness, can you, can you imagine that being you trying to stand for righteousness in the midst of, of all that darkness, of all that destruction, trying to be a man who, who believed and trusted God when all around you was a demonstration that there must not be a God, otherwise it wouldn't be this wicked. It wouldn't be this evil. But yet Noah trusted God. Noah believed God. And Noah found favor in the eyes of the Lord. That phrase that says he was perfect in his generations, don't, don't misunderstand that. I'm sure, uh, I'm positive because Noah was a flesh. Noah had sin in his life too, but he was not overwhelmed by it. He was not controlled by it. As a matter of fact, one commentator, Adam Clark, declares that this perfect in his generations simply means that he was consistent in character in all things and in all ways, never departing from the truth in, pra- in principle or practice. So when you put that all together with the rest of the statement, we see that Noah was consistent in character in all things and in all ways, never departing from the truth in principle or practice because he was a man who walked with God and he dealt justly with the world around him regardless of how the world dealt with him. Beloved, that's where we need to be. That's where you and I need to be no matter how dark the darkness gets around us. No matter how wicked the wickedness gets around us, you and I, as believers in the Lord Jesus Christ, as representatives of Christ in this world, we need to be that kind of people. For Noah, the darkness that surrounded him was so dark, so dark that God determined to bring his absolute, total, and complete judgment upon the entire world and then begin his creation again, begin humanity again with Noah and his offspring. And it's here that we really first find in these early pages of Genesis, this is where we first find the fullness of the wrath of God being poured out worldwide among the godless and among the wicked of, of humanity at that point in time. And yet in the midst of his wrath, God provided a covering. God provided a protection against his wrath. He provided that protection for Noah and his family. As a matter of fact, God literally lifted Noah up out of the flood of his wrath until he had accomplished that complete judgment upon the whole world. And beloved, when it seems as though the world is overtaken by the evil one, when it seems that darkness is covering the entire face of the earth, you and I need to realize God's not finished yet. This this is not the last chapter. And this is not eternity. Sometimes it feels like it, but this is not eternity. And although it may seem that the victory is being awarded to the wicked and to the unrighteous, realize that the one true and the righteous judge shall have his way. Beloved, darkness loses. It's guaranteed. Throughout his word, 
The promise of judgment over the wicked is declared over and over again. Thanks for joining us for today's edition of The Open Word. David will continue teaching through the Gospel of Luke next time. Now we want to encourage you to become a Facebook friend with us. Log on to theopenword.com. You can also subscribe to The Open Word podcast at theopenword.com or search for The Open Word in the iTunes store. If you're like most people, you probably use a smartphone. Once you subscribe to The Open Word podcast, you'll always have solid Bible teaching available to you anywhere, anytime. So log on to theopenword.com and subscribe to The Open Word Podcast. Again, to become our Facebook friend and to access the archive of messages, log on to theopenword.com. Now here's Tracy with information about how you can help partner with us. We all know it's vitally important to support the local church, the place we call home. But it's also very important to support missionaries. Have you ever considered that The Open Word is a missionary work? It is. We need your support as we share God's Word over the airwaves. Please prayerfully consider financially supporting The Open Word. Go to theopenword.com and click on the support option in the main menu. We invite you to join us again for the next study as David shares insights with us from the Gospel of Luke. That's next time on The Open Word.